All right, y'all. I got off with Coach Connor Agnew from Appalachian State. Um, great conversation with him. As always, you know, I'm always going to have a great conversation with people that come on this podcast, man. Um, we got to talk a lot about his time or, yeah, his time at Appalachian State, what he's doing there, um, what's he doing with his golf athletes, his basketball for men's and women's. Um, we got to talk about a little bit of the technology side. We got to talk about his fiance, how she's one of the dietitians at Appalachian State. Um, and kind of their conversations that they have about certain athletes, about you know nutritional needs and um, everything of that nature as well. And then we got to talk about uh, the elf in the room as well, which is that um, he's TikTok famous. Um, if you don't know his TikToks, he's uh, he shouted out, I shouted out as well. Um, pretty funny guy on TikTok. Uh, it's actually how I got to be connected with Coach Agnew. Um, and yeah, it's just a really great conversation, a really great guy. Uh, we got to talk about wrestling training. We got kind of, we went down that rabbit hole for a little bit about wrestling. And, um, yeah. And so I hope you enjoy this episode with coach Agnew. Uh, a couple of things before we get going off of here, uh, definitely want to talk about our new sponsor which is the Working Dog Coffee, okay? This is from Brennan Sweeney down in uh, North Carolina. Uh, has a coffee, has a coffee um, company down there. And um, something about that company is, is that, you know, there's so many people I know that miserly consume coffee through disturbing products on the market. And the solution we have is offering an organic coffee that doesn't have any of the nasty side effects. That's a poorly regulated energy drink. The products, the only products you'll need on the label are 100% organic coffee with organic flavoring. Our two flavors, which is the now and the burner, are a great mix of a high caffeine product and a classic Colombian favorite blend for coffee drinkers. You can use the code CHATS for 15% off and every bag you buy will help support Working Dogs charities around the country. Again, that is code CHATS for the coffee. Now, also, we have to talk about the other sponsor of this podcast. What's the other sponsor for this podcast? You can believe it. It is Team Builder. So let's talk about Team Builder. Team Builder is the software for performance coaches around the world. Their powerhouse platform provides coaches with an elevated experience when it comes to program development, data tracking, and staying connected with athletes and clients. Team Builder is full of tools that coaches need, like multiple max training methods, 16 plus reports, evaluation testing, and goal setting, to name a few. Coaches also have access to consultations with team builders, and house sports scientists to help manage and analyze data. Head to teambuilder.com and sign up with a promo code CONJUGATE to receive a 30-day free trial as well as a 52-week football workout program. Enjoy this episode of the Conjugate Chats. And welcome back to another episode of the Conjugate Chats, uh, hosted by me, John Mark Raspberry, uh, head strength and conditioning coach over at Dyer County High School. Uh, it is December 19th. This is like the fourth recording this week of the Conjugate Chats, and uh, <laughs> I got a uh, pretty remarkable person on today. Uh, he's at Appalachian State right now, um, and you had a pretty good record of... Um, some other places that you've been at in the Power Five schools, um, from what I gathered. Um, he's also TikTok famous. You may know him. His name <laughs> is Connor Agnew. Um, Coach, welcome to the Conjugate Chats, man. 
Thank you so much for having me on. You know, I've I've been seeing you're active on the TikTok space too. Okay, so, uh, but I, I, you know, I've heard of the podcast, and you know, I'm just very excited to be here. So, thank you so much for having me on. Hey, man, I appreciate you taking time and everything like that. I know that college coaches are um, very busy, especially um, not just like at particular times, but like year round and stuff like that, man. And uh, I appreciate taking time to be on here, man. Um, So let's talk about the elephant in the room first. Um, Why why go to TikTok and start making like these skits and yeah. Um, you know, these videos about, uh, strength and conditioning life. And some of it is kind of like satire and, yep. you know, it's, it's supposed to be funny and it is, trust me. <laughs> and some of it, and there's some truth in behind it as well. So let's start there. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm glad we're starting there because, uh, it started up about a year and a half ago. I think, um, uh, we had somebody who joined our staff when I was at Texas tech, who was actually TikTok famous as a uh, basketball coach. Um, and when I met him, I was like, Hey, I've seen you on TikTok before. I know all about you. Uh, and then we developed a good relationship. His name's Eric Guru. Uh, and he was like, you know, he, he always tries to put other people on. He's one of those kind of guys. Um, and so he was like, Hey, like, look, he's like, why don't you post on TikTok? And I'm like, dude, that's lame. Like, that's not for me. You know, like I'll get roasted by every other strength coach in the country, you know? Uh, and, and he goes, well, like do any strength coaches actively post on TikTok? And I was like, no, you know, any ones that I have seen are they're like reposted from Instagram and like it's not made for TikTok. Um, and, and he was like, well, why not? And so, you know, at first I kind of posted, posted like a lot of serious ones. It was like why sleep is important, things like that, um, you know, which are valuable. But then like to me, it was more like, hey, let's just have fun with this because, you know, like it's it's fun to do. I, I've been on now. This is embarrassing for myself. I've been watching TikToks for like six years. So, you know. When people are like, how do you find these sounds? How do you know it's good? I was like an expert at that time. You know, like I've just seen so many TikToks. And so, uh, you know, for me, it was really valuable uh, to have that experience and then see it and then know like, hey, man, like, you know, maybe we shouldn't take ourselves as seriously. That's kind of my biggest pet peeve with strength and conditioning. And why I think the uh, barrier for entry is so high is because uh, everybody makes it seem like, you know, you say we're so busy. We are busy for sure. But, you know, at the same time, I like to think a lot of, college strength coaches make it seem like they're way busier than they are, you know? Uh, and, and ultimately I like to poke fun at different things that people will kind of, uh, you know, take it as, you know, like, Oh, this is life and death. And it's like, man, like at the end of the day, I know some teams that have won that have, uh, they don't even lift, you know, like in their winning conference championships. So like ultimately why not have fun with it? I do the job because it's fun. Um, and it's just another way to uh, do some fun stuff. And it's opened up a lot of doors for me. I've been really, really fortunate in that area. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, social media is huge nowadays, and um, I mean, that's a great way to connect with people, um, oh, yeah. especially through your video. I mean, that's how basically we we got connected. That, Absolutely. You know, it was through social media, and you know, have watched all a majority of your TikToks, man. And it's, um, you know, there's some things I'm just like, yep, yeah, that that's that's pretty true, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I agree with you, man. We shouldn't take ourselves as seriously as we do sometimes. Um, definitely have seen, like you, like you said, like there's teams that don't even live, don't, they don't do any sprint training or plyometrics or anything like that. And, you know, they win championships and conference, whatever, you know, whatever, man. Um, but I agree with you. We shouldn't take ourselves as seriously as we do. Um, Absolutely. strength conditioning Twitter is also kind of that same way. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that kind of go back and forth. I, I try to stay away from that as much as I can, man. I, you know, some things are just um, better left unsaid. <laughs> so yep. uh, so I try to stay away from that, man. But I, I agree with you on that. Well, in those situations, too, like what you got to understand is everything is way different for every other coach, right? In I don't know your situation at your school. I've never been a high school strength coach. So if I was to try to give you advice, like what the hell do I know what I'm talking about? Cause I haven't been in that situation before. Um, we get guys, you know, here in basketball, it's like, okay, even from a women's to a men's basketball team, you know, on the men's side, every guy thinks that they're going to the NBA. Like that's just how it is. And so they have that extra level of motivation to go pro. A lot of women, you know, are interested in the WNBA, understand it's a lot harder to get into. Um, and it, professional basketball is not as big overseas for women, too. So even amongst those two at the same school, it's a different scenario in how I coach those things. So uh, when you talk about people getting into on Twitter, man, I, I always just 
I always take a step back. Um, you know, rugby strength coach always cracks me up because he's ready to go at any time. Uh, you know, but like for me, it's I don't like to get in those arguments because I don't like we could both be saying in for our situation was 100% true and what's the most optimal thing. But I also don't know about what your situation is. Um, you know, like I've, I've worked with coaches before who uh, want to do like a ton of conditioning by themselves. It, it's just every situation is so different. And so for me to say, hey, my way is the only way, I think is just so uh, incorrect. I agree with you on that one. So let's talk about um, your job at Half State, man. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you just work with basketball now or do you work with what teams do you work with? I've got men's and women's basketball and women's golf. Those are the three. So what's your approach to training for those teams there? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, it, it, to me, it really kind of varies based off the team's needs. Um, uh, you know, so our women's team, um, this past summer or this, uh, it, well, this past summer we underwent the process, but the previous season we would lose so many games in the fourth quarter. Um, uh, you know, it would, it would be tied up. Maybe we're down five, up five going to the fourth quarter. We end up losing the game. Um, and so a lot of our summer training was kind of focused around like that classic, like strength and conditioning toughness type deal. Um, you know, but it was, I thought it was a fun time where, you know, we had fourth quarter Fridays and, uh, you know, it was a lot of team building activities, like partners, carries team challenges, things like that. Um, which was a lot of fun, you know, our men's team, our, our head coach is really, really big on body transformation. So there's going to be a, a lot of hypertrophy work within there. Um, and, and really what they need a lot of times is. Uh, our coaches will recruit athletic guys who are skinny, you know, so if we can put weight on them, uh, then they can be really successful for us. Like we had a transfer come in uh, and he's averaging like, I think 14 points per game for us this uh, year. We put on 20 pounds in the off season. Uh, you, you know, those things are kind of what I try to look for and how can I enhance each of those players specific needs. And then for women's golf, uh, you know, I'm very, very simple on how I program a lot of stuff. Uh, my program, I think, can be applied to really any sport, uh, you know, but then I'll put in some uh, specific stuff. But uh, the women's golf coach here this year, she's it's her first year, and she was like, hey, I, I want our team to be tougher. Uh, so we kind of went through the same process that the women's team went through. And I, I'll tell you this, I would confidently hang my hat that no women's golf team in the country trains harder than we do. Uh, and these girls have absolutely crushed it. I mean, they've ran with it and done a fantastic job. First couple of weeks were rough. Uh, you know, but then after that, uh, they've bowed up and, and done a great job. So really my philosophy is based on what the team needs, what the coach is looking for, uh, and what can I best do to enhance their abilities? Yeah. And that, I think that's where our role is as a strength conditioning professional is, you know, each culture and each team. And I found this out pretty quickly at the high school realm. It's very different from team oh, to yeah. team. You know, the football team has got a lot different mentality than uh, the women's soccer team and the women's soccer team's got a lot different mentality than the women's softball team, etc. Um, and do you think this mentality just stems from the sport or do you think it stems from the head coach? I think it's both for sure. Uh, I think the head coach determines a lot of it. You know, so women's golf is a good example. Um, last year we had a coach who really didn't care about the weight room. Like, you know, we would, cancel lifts all the time. Uh, you know, I think it was like, as soon as they finished up their season, they were here for like a month before everybody went home and all lifts were voluntary. Um, whereas here, you know, we go hard, train hard now with the new women's coach, uh, you know, and we're never going to miss a lift. It's very consistent. Um, and so I think that plays a part in it for sure. Um, what the coach conveys and how important it's going to be. Um, and then I think the culture of the sport is interesting too. Like, cause uh, in basketball, lifting is, you know, it's seen as necessary, but it's not seen as, as vital as it is in something like football. Uh, you know, so I kind of do have to do more mobility work. Um, every once in a while, I will throw in, you know, so, like the band-assisted jumps, you know, things that guys see that they really want to do um, just to make sure that they're bought in. So I think it's kind of multifactorial. Um, but at the end of the day, like my most important thing is, is it a fun training environment? Like, can we get come in here and get better? And can you enjoy the process of getting better? Uh, you know, and when I say fun too, like fun, you know, I've got a messed up definition of fun. Everybody always, you know, like we'll do like what I call fun day and the athletes are like, this isn't very fun. I'm like, but getting better is fun. Uh, and so, you know, in a fun environment to me is one where they come in, they can be themselves um, and they can get better. Uh, and so I think if you create that for your athletes, that's what's going to be make the ultimate difference for them in their training. I agree on that one because when I played collegiate football, 
Um, that was when I first had a strength conditioning coach who was a CSCS, you know, everything, the whole nine miles. I didn't have that in high school. Yeah. I didn't have it like, you know, there's high schools now that have CSCS and all that, you know, people that are qualified to run, to run weight rooms and everything like that, man. And uh, our head strength coach, he thought that Mondays was the fun day and the yeah. fun day was leg day where yeah, it was just, <laughs> just straight lowers. I'm like, this is not fun, man. But, you know, it's that same mentality of, well, we got better. We got better that day. Um, he put us in environments that really pushed us to, um, you know, go to places that were not very comfortable. Um, yep. For a lot of us, that you know, we were just ready. To, you know, we were con- we were content where we were at, and he he was not content where we were at. Um, yeah. But you know, creating that environment was crucial. Um, do you think we enhanced that culture and enhanced that environment um, I, yeah. on top of everything? I think that's, uh, you know, you hear a lot of coaches, especially like you're saying on Twitter, argue against it, right, um, and say you can't really develop mental toughness. Um, I, I, you know, with my experience, I would disagree uh, because just like you said it, right, you may have been content, but your strength coach wasn't content uh, because he knows that there's more that you can develop. Um, and it's actually like a running joke with our women's team here is like every time we do a good job, I, you know, I struggle with, really just complimenting people and leaving it there, you know, like instead of saying, Hey, great job. I'm like, okay, great job. But now we got next week coming up and now we're going to get better next week. Um, you know, and the reason I say, I think it can make a difference is because I've seen how our team approaches things now versus how they did last year. Uh, and last year, I think when they faced adversity, um, they would kind of shut down. Uh, and it, it was, you know, uh, almost like, uh, everything was a catastrophe. As soon as something went wrong, everything else was going to go wrong. It was guaranteed. Um, and then now this year, like we asked him to do something hard or we face adversity and you can see that team, uh, kind of bow up and understand that it's time to, uh, push through. Uh, and so I think that is a really, really valuable, uh, piece of it. And, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, like, uh, I think accountability is going to be the biggest thing, uh, within the weight room and holding your players accountable and in a way that's positive and saying like, Hey, I, you're better than this. You're not being who I think you are right now. or uh, you did a good job. Let's get better next week. You know, those things are really valuable to me. And I think that's so important because I would get kind of uncomfortable my first couple of years coaching. Like, you know, I hate critiquing people. I'm a people pleaser. Uh, and so I would uh, even like correcting somebody's form on a squat. I'd be like, man, I hope this guy doesn't hate me after I say this, you know. Uh, but then the more experience I got and the more I found out that, you know, these athletes actually crave somebody who's going to hold them accountable. Uh, they really want somebody who uh, will help them be successful. Uh, it, it makes it a very different dynamic, in my opinion. And if I care about the athletes truly, then I'm going to hold them accountable. Uh, because you know we always talk about it like life is hard. Uh, it, it, there's everybody's life is hard. Some people have it way harder. I, I I'm for sure know that a lot of people have it way harder than I do. My life is pretty easy. Uh, but there's still hard things that I face. And so uh, when I face those hard things, am I going to just like collapse and just say, oh my god, I can't get through this, or am I going to? Uh, kind of rise to the occasion. And I think that's what uh, the environment that I want to create is, is we can have fun, we can get better. And then when we do hard things, you're, you're going to find a way to get through it. And you kind of know which teams really want to bow up and be there too, man. Yeah. Like I've had these softball and volleyball girls at my high school right over here for the last about nine, 10 ish weeks. And, you know, they made incredible, you know, just jumps and their speed and strength and whatnot. And I'm kind of like you. I can't just leave a compliment and then just leave it at yeah. that. And I, yeah. I have to, you know, have to give something else. Like, you know, you did great. You know, we went up, you know, 50%, whatever on our list and whatnot. But, you know, we still got to come back from Christmas. And yep. you're still not in your season yet. You know, we this is just a foundation. Like, we got to continue, you know, continue on. But, you know, for those girls, I mean, you know, day one is like, I'm not ready. I don't know if I, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm not sure. And then, you know, by week nine, they're pulling, you know, 200 plus pounds on, you know, straight bar deadlifts and stuff like that, man. It's, it's incredible what, uh, what a little bit of belief and, you know, some proper programming can do for some athletes. Absolutely. I love that you're straight bar deadlifting too. We try to do both. Um, yeah, we got two trap bars and that's it. <laughs> so hey man, I'm telling you straight bar deadlifts, it's a lost art, you know, I, I mean, I I think from a pure strength development standpoint, it's my favorite one. So. Nice post to your chain exercise. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. 
uh, I think in the off season for football, we're switching between conventional and sumo just yep. for that abductor and uh, hip flexion and all that stuff for, from the yep. sumos and then just regular teach both, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. The guys, some of the guys like sumo, some of the guys like conventional. We train both. Like, it's the same the way we clean snatches. Like, yeah. We'll train both. The power lifter in me says I can, I can never do a sumo deadlift. I just, I, I don't know. It's, it's an ego thing, uh, but I think they're extremely useful. <laughs> Is sumo cheating? Man. I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna get into it, yes. Because <laughs> I mean, if you think about the pure distance, I mean that's that's my opinion, right? And then, uh, I, is it all right? Is it cheating? Maybe not. Uh, is it? Is it not? Uh, it's definitely a shorter range of motion. Yeah, if it's not respected, I don't think it respects the deadlift. Because I think if you if you pick something up and it's gonna be heavy, I think you just take it all the way instead of. Uh, making your legs into a giant triangle <laughs> it's shorter range of mo- it is a shorter range of motion yeah. I, I will I'll, I'll give it that for sure but but yeah um let's talk about your days at app state you know what does that look like do you walk in at like four or five o'clock in the morning and then go all the way till eight o'clock at night i mean what does that look like for you yeah you know sometimes yes sometimes no um and that'll really depend on the time of year uh so like this past the fall is always the tough season uh, because we got women's golf who trains at uh, six a.m. Uh, we usually start like early if they're all there, so um, I'll kind of get in the facility around five, uh, and then if we're in full practices, you know, so like end of September, October, um, when we start practicing with basketball, we'll be here till about eight p.m. Uh, and, and that that's a tough situation, um, and it can get a little frustrating to be here for that long. Uh, you know, I think the way I get around it is I'm not afraid to, uh, go home or, you know, train during my time during the day when it's free or, uh, you know, go out and get lunch, just leave the facility for a little bit. Uh, and then, you know, in the summers though, like in May, I don't have like a single thing. Uh, and then over the summers, like we'll have one 6am lift, uh, on Fridays and then the rest of the lifts are, you know, I'm done by like 4pm. So I think it's, uh. I think I think it varies, um, and I think it's important that uh, you know when you have your time off, you actually take your time off, and it's not trying to still fit that schedule of being in from six to eight, you know, because you're just going to be miserable. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've done the intern life at my alma mater, where we're waking up at four, four thirty, yeah. getting to the facility by five, you know, training teams, let them ride, going to classes. Now it's playing football at the time and, you know, going to, you know, football practice and all that stuff. Um, it's a very, it can be a very demanding life at times. Yeah. But, you know, like you said, you got to have some kind of sense of, well, I'm going to go out and get lunch. I'm going to go and leave the facility for a few minutes, you know. Um, and I think that's just a healthy balance of, you know, your, your well-being and what you want to do. Absolutely. You know, and I'm really fortunate. My fiance is the dietitian here. Uh, we moved here together and she ended up getting the position here. So like, we'll go out and get lunch together. I'll go over and see her at her office. Um, now, it's not the realistic case for every strength coach, right? Uh, but, you know, that makes a massive difference. And I think like, ultimately, like my program hasn't really changed much over the years. Uh, and so I'm not sitting here at my desk programming for six hours a day. You know, like I, I just know I'm not going to I'm wasting time if I'm doing that. Uh, so, you know, in that free time, I kind of make sure I block out free time during the day so I can kind of just stay sane. Oh, yeah. I wish I had time to the block out schedules and be yeah, like, yeah. this is my time. The This is me time, you know, whatever. But um, let's talk about you and your fiance working at the same place, dietitian yeah. and a strength coach. Do y'all like at night just sit together like. What if we came up with the, like the best plan possible and, you know, yeah. talk about athletes and their plans? Do y'all do stuff like that just on the side or? We definitely talk about the athletes at home, um, you know, and I think it's, uh, I don't know. I, I, I tried to avoid it at first, but then like, you know, there's some stuff we just got to get done and we got to talk about. Um, and it makes it ultimately like, I think we have such a good relationship. It's not like, you know, we could talk about it and then we can move on after that. You know, like we don't just like make it, 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 it for some reason we blend it and it just works out really well uh, between our personal life and work. Uh, you know, but it's nice for me because uh, one, you know, like they'll tell her stuff and then they won't tell me certain stuff or they'll tell me stuff and they won't tell her certain stuff. And so we get the full picture. Now, I'm not going to show my hand and, 
you know, reveal to the athlete that I've learned this crazy thing about them, right? But like, if it's a weight gain guy and they're eating, you know, two meals per day and a couple of snacks, you know, like I know why they're not gaining weight. And then they come to me and they're like, yeah, I've been eating so much. Like, and it's like, no, you haven't, you know? Um, and so we can, it helps me get to the root of problems a lot. Um, you know, and I think when we talk with each other, it's fun too, because she's the much more compassionate, understanding person. So she forces me to be a little bit more on that side of things. Um, instead of just, you know, like, yeah, I don't know. I I can get a little too tough. I think sometimes as well, uh, and too much on that accountability piece. And then she kind of reminds me that you know it's still eighteen to twenty two year old kids who are just figuring stuff out. Um, so that balance works out really well. Awesome, man. Now let's talk about the nutritional because I I'm always yeah. a little bit interested in that nutritional side. I mean, what do y'all do from? Do you watch them eat meals in the cafeteria? Do you like plan out all everything? I mean, what does that look like? Yeah. So, you know, nutrition to me is actually going to be the biggest thing. Um, you know, and I always say to our recruits too, my joke during the recruiting speeches, because my fiance will be right there is I love nutrition so much. I got married to it. Um, uh, you know, and they, I emphasize nutrition so much because if you want to make body transformation changes, if you want to, uh, you know, be successful in your sport, you have to be eating, um, and you have to be eating well, uh, and you have to be eating frequently. Uh, and, and from a you know logistical standpoint and what we do um you know for our both our teams men's and women's basketball um we'll give them shakes after each practice so protein shakes and that may be a custom shake that i made based off of their body transformation goals or it may be like a muscle milk um you know that we have like an rtd uh i think making sure that they eat something uh and like do it in front of you is going to be important too um now i used to be really really anti uh, like watching people eat or do anything like that. Uh, and, and then it, 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 how it's kind of evolved from now is if I see your weight going up, we're asking you to gain weight. If I see your weight going down, we're asking you to lose weight uh, or you're maintaining, you're doing what you need to do, uh, then I don't have to sit here and like babysit you, right? Uh, but if you aren't and you're not gaining weight and we're betting, you know, I'm asking you to gain weight over and over again, then you're going to have to eat in front of me. Um, and then what's also really valuable too, is you find out like, okay, like that guy who told me he's been eating so much, I'm going to watch him make his plate for the first time and just see what he does when we have like a team dinner and he'll put, you know, like one piece of chicken, like a quarter of the plate of pasta and some like broccoli. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, is this a lot to you? And he's like, yeah, this is a massive amount of food. And I'm like, oh, you know, like, all right, we're, we're, we got a lot of work to do here. Uh, you know, but ultimately that is more time that you spend with the athlete. And those are like, when they have to eat stuff in front of you, if it's somebody who is really not getting it done, that's a rare occasion. It's probably one or two people on a team each year. Uh, you know, that's also a time where you can kind of talk with them and, and sit and explain the importance of it. Right. Um, and explain to them why it's going to be valuable. Like, you know, if we have a, a post player who it weighs 220 and I'm trying to get them up to, you know, hopefully in a couple of years, 240, uh, you know, I, I'll explain to them like, Hey, like, think about how exhausting it is to back this person down or to defend them in the post. Now, imagine if you had more body weight, you could be stronger and then you wouldn't be nearly as exhausting because it's easier for you to maintain that position. It's easier for you to defend them for, to, uh, you know, back them down. And so in those conversations, I try to relate it to basketball related to the sport about why this is so important and why it's so valuable. Um, you know, so again, that's a rare exception, but I do think it's necessary sometimes. Um, you know, and then what I'll do with the shakes too, is I'll check the trash every once in a while, just make sure they're not just throwing them away. Uh, you know, uh, and, and luckily enough, we have a lot of really good athletes here who uh, don't do that. So, uh, you know, kind of small checks for the people who are getting the job done and then a little bit more hands-on with the people who are struggling to get it done. Yeah, that makes sense, man. And I try to think about stuff at the high school realm just because like <sighs> nutrition is is very important for an athlete, right? It's yeah. the field that goes in your body so you can perform in the weight room, field, court, whatever. For high school kids, telling them, like, you got to drink this protein shake or you need to take in more protein, um, but they're going home and eating Takis and, you yeah. know, chips and junk and whatnot. I mean, it's like almost an uphill battle at that point. But the kids that really buy into that nutritional aspect, they get good benefits from it. You know, they oh, start to, you know, you, and it doesn't have to be anything like on the like on the scale or in the weight room. 
they can just come up and say, hey, I feel better. I'm like, good. Yeah, that's, that's what you should feel like. A hundred percent. And like, that's where like, you know, we talk to people about eating before practice and they're like, yeah, I had energy for practice today. And I'm like, what did you eat? You know? And they're like, oh, I had a full breakfast, you know, versus like when they didn't have energy, it's like literally Takis was the first thing that came to mind. It's exactly what half our athletes eat, um, you know, and they feel awful. And it's just like, it, I think that's where it gets complicated. And that's where it gets like, you know, the strength coach or the dietitian has to take a step back and just say, Look, they don't have the level of knowledge that we have. Like, they don't actually know how important this is. All they know is what they've been doing their whole lives. Um, you know, and so can we educate them a little bit? Can we make them small changes? It is an uphill battle, and people are going to piss you off. Like, they're going to do stuff, and you're just like, I cannot believe after all this we've done, you know, and you're still doing this. It, it's going to happen. Um, but at the same time, like, if you chip away at it every day, you'll start to see smaller changes. Like, our women's team, uh, Last year, I saw their snack bags, like, for on the roads, and I was like, we just can't, like, we can't give them this stuff. Like, you know, like, it's like what I would give for halftime snacks for, like, quick carbs. Like, it's like Rice Krispies, gummies, you know, but they're just sitting on a bus, and they're just eating this. And I'm like, I, we can't do it. So we tried to add in more fruit, you know, and they really, like, just, like, kind of beef jerky, like, options for just better uh, overall food, and they bucked back, you know. And then it was, like, we educated them on it, explained it to them. And then now this year for their travel bags, like it's the same stuff, like the healthier stuff. And they haven't complained once and they're a lot happier with it. You know, so I think, I think it's, it's a battle of wills, but if you're consistent with it, then you can really make it work. I think too, having that kind of healthier options, and I've seen it inside the school system as well. You know, if you're having the healthier options, I think we start to have less, I guess, behavioral problems from athletes. And from students as well, I'm still a school teacher, but, um, you know, I think we start to see a little bit better, like behavioral stuff, right? We're not having yeah. to argue as much and they're not as pissed off and we're not as pissed off and then et cetera. I mean, um, I, I mean, there's, I'm sure there's a science to it and I'm sure your fiance knows a lot more about yeah. that side thing than I do, but, um, j- just a quick observation from what I've seen at this school here, you know, just changing little subtle changes. No, not eating Takis and replace that with like an apple or something, yeah. you know, just little changes. Well, I mean, dude, in like, you know, I was a wrestler in high school, you know, I don't know if you have wrestling at your school, but I mean, it's uh, it, like when you work with wrestlers and they're cutting weight, like they're the most miserable human beings on the planet. Um, and it, it's, it makes sense, right? Because you're like not fueling your body, you're operating, wrestling practices are miserably hard. You know, and then on top of that, you also haven't eaten anything for the entire day because you got to make weight by the end of it. Uh, and the, that's a, that is a really good example of it because as soon as they start eating again, like they turn into a different human being. Like, it, like that's, I was the exact same way. Like as soon as wrestling season was done, I was like way more outgoing. I would talk to people more. My grades were better because I was fueling my body. So I think that's a hundred percent correct, and that's why I'm really, really big on that nutrition piece. See, wrestling's not that huge here in Tennessee, and the South is really not that huge. Really? But up north, I went to school up north and wrestled at uh, 195. Yeah. And yeah, I totally get it, because I cut from football weight, well, I think it was like 200, cut down yeah. to about 190, wrestled 195, and I was sitting there with like a five-pound difference. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm, sitting, I'm, I'm chilling, man. I am straight chilling. And I see like the 132s and the 125s that are like spitting in cups. Yeah, to yeah. to make weight, I'm like, that looks miserable, man. And I'm sitting there uh, eating popcorn and chocolate milk and whatnot. I'm just sitting there like, sorry, man. Well, dude, my high school wrestling team was like filthy, like so good. And, and I'm from upstate New York. And so this, the tri-state area wrestling is, I'll argue, and people maybe listen to this podcast from the Midwest and be a little upset about it. I think it's the best wrestling in the country. Um, you know, uh, I, like Midwest has Iowa and a lot of good teams, right? But uh, on my high school team, we had two guys go to Cornell and another guy went to Penn State, um, which are really, really high-level wrestling programs. And I sucked. Like, I was really not that good. Um, and and I played football. Football was my main sport. And then I would cut from 225 to 189 every year because that was the extent of the weight cuts that they wanted you to go through. Um, and it was awful. Like, every single year, I just remember stepping on that scale, just like, oh, man, I still got 10 pounds to lose within the next two days. You know, in in Every it, the worst part was I wasn't winning, you know. Like I would go into practice and get my butt whooped, and then I would go back out and it's like, okay, I got to run laps in a trash bag because I'm not even at weight yet. So that's uh, it's something I don't really miss that much. Man, I I remember hearing stories of wrestlers, my teammates, 
sleeping in trash bags to you know oh, yeah. just sweat out that weight. Uh, Six comforters, uh, sweatshirts, sweatpants, all that type of stuff. It's gnarly. That that's that's insane, man. I could, I sat there chilling with popcorn and chocolate milk, and I'm sitting there like, I I mm-mm. there's no way, there's absolutely no way, man. But you know, um, I get. Sometimes you just gotta do what you gotta do. I remember our wrestling coach calling us fat if we were overweight too. Yeah, oh, he said yeah. on scale, like, yeah, you're 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 fat. Go run or something like that. I was like, Jesus, man. Yeah, there's a lot with wrestling that <laughs> probably needs to change. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Uh, let's talk about a little bit of technology at App State. So, what do yep. y'all have uh, at App State technology wise, and how that how is that incorporated into your strength program? Um. So, you know, our two main technologies that we're going to use are going to be our force plates um, and our uh, velocity-based training technology. Um, this one we use is called FitLift. Now, the force plates, um, I use it more as a kind of weekly monitoring thing. Uh, and so we'll have them come in. I do them. It's on the, uh, we have valved force plates. The specific test on valve is the counter, uh, counter movement rebound jump, what they call it. So it's two quick jumps. Um, what I use that for is just to kind of understand and look at our baseline data and say, okay, is the, if the entire team is incredibly fatigued, um, we'll see it kind of reflected within their jumps. And so then maybe I can go to our head coach and say, Hey, um, I think we should probably go a little bit lighter practice today. Everybody's fatigued. We got raw data to kind of prove this. Um, you know, what it also does is kind of directs my training a little bit. Um, if we have a lot of people who can't really land well, we'll work on landing mechanics. Uh, if we see a lot of people, uh, you know, with uh, more force output or more force uh, input when they're landing on one specific limb, then maybe we need to do more single leg training as well, too. Uh, so it, I, I'm not like, uh, I don't base everything around force plates. I've seen people bring force plates out, like onto the court for pregame warmups. Like, well, I'm not doing that, you know, but uh, what it does is just gives me a good understanding and a kind of basic concept of okay, what are some areas that my teams can improve in? What are some areas that we're, you know, we're good and I don't really have to worry about those. Um, and then velocity-based training specifically, I'm not a big percentages guy. Uh, you know, with athletes specifically, it's always so tough uh, to me to understand exactly. Um, okay, like, like, like at practice, let's say uh, they can't get five-on-five five shell, right, which is a defensive drill, and their legs are going to get absolutely smoked. and They're doing it over and over and over again. They do it for 45 minutes. If I had loaded up for them, you know, uh, five by three at, you know, 85, 90% or something like that, right? It's, I mean, a, more of a tougher day. I now have to knock it back, and I, I don't really know exactly how much I want to move back that percentage. So instead, we'll use velocity-based training, um, and we'll kind of use uh, certain meters per second threshold just so I can see exactly how much we need to modify their weights. Uh, you know, I didn't use VBT for a long time. Um, I think it's a, a valuable tool. Um, like our red shirts and our walk-ons who are going through different lifting phases in season, um, I don't really use it with them uh, because I, I still like the coach's eye uh, the most. Uh, but at the same time, if they are playing 30, 40 minutes per game, I do want to know exactly, you know, where they're at uh, and how to modify uh, our training so that they can be as fresh as possible for each game. Yeah, and that's smart training too, man. You know, we don't want smoking if they're playing 40, 45 minutes on the yeah. court and then they come to the weight room and we're like, all right, cool, max efforts lowers, let's go. Exactly, right? And, then, you know, <laughs> you, they're seeing this as Friday by that point and you're probably not going to get much out of them. Yep. And, and the it, the risk for injury, you know, like, okay, I, I used to power lift, right? Um, and technique was a massive thing, right? So uh, under fatigue, I could maintain fatigue, uh, technique pretty well. Uh, you know, for our basketball players, like their technique is good. Do I consider it a perfect squat? No. And so if they are fried already, now they're going to be at a higher risk for having worse technique and a higher risk for injury based off of that. And my non-negotiable is that nobody can get hurt in the weight room. Uh, it's supposed to be something that builds you up. It's supposed to be something that assists you. And so if somebody gets hurt in the weight room, like it's like devastating to me. Um, you know, if somebody gets hurt on the court, there's a lot of things that go into it. but if somebody just has bad technique or, um, you know, uh, let's say even like drops a weight or something um, and ends up dropping it on their foot and getting hurt, like those are the things that to me that are preventable um, that can change the course of a season for an entire team. Uh, and so I want to make sure I do everything to make sure it's a safe environment for them to train and that they're going to get better in. So I, I'm always more on the cautious side. I'd rather have a session where maybe we didn't get as much out of our strength work that we would have liked 
But at the same time, uh, everybody left healthy, and we're going to go into this game fresh. That's kind of my philosophy with it. Absolutely. I mean, the best ability is availability for yeah. any sport team. So, 100%. Um, yeah, if they can you know, not get hurt during their sessions, that's, that's the gold man. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, but you wouldn't believe how much it happens and how much they won't tell you, too. Uh, you know, like if their lower back hurts, they don't really want to talk about it. And then they're doing RDLs, and I see them walk away and their hands on their lower back a little bit, and I'm like, all right, what's up? Then we have that conversation there, so then we can modify the lift. You know, like that's where I always tell them to communication is the big piece. Because I'm not a mind reader. I like to think I am. I can I can see a lot of times what they're thinking in their head. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, they know their body is way more than I do. So uh, they need to communicate those things with me so that we can make those modifications. I have no problem with if somebody has a lower back, you know, flared up for the day uh, and we were planning on doing front squats, let's have them do like a underhand plie squat or something like that. Like those, it doesn't bother me uh, because at the end of the day, like they're still getting better. They're still lifting. They're still moving. And they're leaving here where now all of a sudden they don't have to miss a practice or, uh, you know, something that's crucial because, uh, like, you know, we're playing UNC Asheville on Thursday uh, and we're scouting today. And maybe if somebody doesn't even miss a game, but they miss his first practice, they're not going to be as locked in on the sidelines. They're probably going to be doing stuff with me on the sidelines, like working out. Uh, and so if that's the case, maybe they don't pick up something on the scout. It leads to a bucket for UNC Asheville, you know, and they end up winning the game. Like those are, Worst case scenarios, right? But those things are still possible. So uh, for me, I need to make sure we avoid them in every way possible. So even if somebody misses a practice because of something in the weight room, to me, that's unacceptable. Absolutely, man. Uh, a couple more things I got for you. Um, one is why App State? Why not go somewhere else? Or if you had another job offer from another college, why App State? Yeah. Well, you know, the thing that initially attracted me to it is that my family was going to move down to North Carolina. Um, so they're from upstate New York, um, and they moved down. They're about two hours away from where I am now uh, here at App. So I wanted to get close to my family. My parents are older, um, and so, I, I, you know, it was really important for me to spend time with them. Uh, and then the, you know, biggest piece to me about it, once I got here and understood what I like about App State, what I like about Boone, um, is a lot of schools do really kind of claim like this family atmosphere. And it's like, you know, Tennessee, when I was at Tennessee, when I was at Texas Tech, like those are the same things that they would claim. I think it's just really, really hard with a big school to, to create that environment, right? Um, now here at App, I know every single person within the athletic department. I know what their jobs are um, and, and I know them well. Uh, and every, every, every day since I've gotten here, I feel like I've been treated really well. I feel like everybody genuinely cares about how I'm doing, how my fiance is doing. Uh, and, and it's just a fun place to come and be. And Boone is beautiful. Uh, you know, and, and App State has a lot of resources for a Sunbelt school that other schools don't have. Um, I've never asked for anything that they haven't uh, provided. And so, you know, for me, there's it's a lot of small things that add up into one big uh, fit, you know. And then on top of that, too, football is pretty fun here, too, to watch. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I imagine the scenery is uh, beautiful at um, where y'all are at. and It's incredible. Yeah, I, I can't imagine, man. Well, I can, but I can't. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I always um, – because you're on the other side of Tennessee, right? It's the other side of the Smoky Mountains. Yes, yep. that, that's what I thought. Yep. Um, I know the Smoky Mountains are beautiful from uh, the East Tennessee perspective, but um, I, I need to make my way over App State sometime. I know hey, you Luke come Cope, by anytime. anytime. Sweet man, sweet. Yep. Um, the other question I have for you is: What advice would you give high school students that are going to college to play collegiate athletics? And what advice would you give young strength coaches want to go into the collegiate realm? Okay. Uh, I would say for the high school students, one, if you know where you're going to go, um, if you're already committed, uh, reach out to that strength coach um, and then see what are some valuable things. Like, what do they do? What are their main lifts? And then uh, start practicing those lifts already. Uh, you know, so like my primaries, um, you know, I got, I've gotten away from my powerlifting background. I think I'm actually slowly going to get back to it. Uh, but, you know, my primaries are, you know, front squat, overhead press, uh, bench press, RDLs, and, and clean. Uh, you, you know, it, it's, those are the ones that each phase, those are going to be in there. Uh, and so if that's going to be the case, then, you know, I would communicate that to the high school student that, you know, these are ones that if you want to get a jump start, already uh, start doing it. You know, if you're, if you're a high school student who isn't committed, is looking to, you know, go to college for a sport, 
the biggest thing is going to be consistency. And it's, it's a really valuable skill to learn how to train on the days you don't want to train. Uh, because if you could do that, then you're going to be at a different level than most people. Uh, I remember vividly multiple days, you know, of having it because our weight room was at school was nice, but it was closed after like 4 p.m. And so, you know, we get out of track practice and I knew I'd have to go lift and the gym was 20 minutes away. Then it'd be a 30 minute drive home after that. And I didn't have a strength coach. I didn't know what I was doing. I did. I I front squatted like every day for like a a year straight. Okay. That's like the level I was at. And so no wonder I didn't want to go lift. But at the same time, I also knew it was going to be really valuable for me to go in and train on the days that I didn't want to. And I never left a workout um, that I didn't want to do uh, unhappy when I've left that workout at the end of the day, because I was always proud of myself for getting that done. So uh, that would be my advice is to develop the skill, develop the habit of, of doing the things that you don't want to do that you know are going to be beneficial. Uh, and then for young strength coaches looking to get into the collegiate realm, you know, my biggest thing I would say is, uh, is to reach out to coaches and go shadow and develop connections. Uh, you know, every job I've gotten has been based off of connections uh, within the field. And that sounds scary. And a lot of coaches kind of you know, I think they, if you're not in the collegiate realm, uh, they kind of, it, it, it makes it feel like it's like impossible to get in the field. Like, cause I totally understand that. Um, but at the same time, like, okay, there's uh, somebody, somebody reached out to me via TikTok, right? Um, and he wants to be an intern. This guy's going to move from Wisconsin to Boone, North Carolina for the summer to come be an intern, right? Um, and and I, I don't know him, right? But the fact that he reached out to me, um, and we've kind of developed a relationship since we re- he's reached out. I've never met him in person. We've talked maybe five, six times total, but he's communicated to me that he has this interest in him. I'm going to open my doors to him and tell him to come on because, you know, if somebody's willing to move that far, then, you know, he's going to be a great intern for you, right? Um, and so, in my opinion, all these other coaches that I've reached out to within the collegiate realm kind of have a similar belief system. If If they think that you're going to be uh, somebody who can, you know, be a good intern, can be a valuable asset to the team, uh, then they'd love to have you on. And it doesn't take like you going out and getting beers with them and, and being best buddies with them and, and texting them all the time and everything like that. It's, it's one or two talks uh, and developing those connections from there. Now, the deeper connections come from when you're an intern uh, or when you're a GA or when you're an assistant strength coach. Those are where the, the true real connections come through. Uh, but you know, don't be afraid to reach out to people. Don't be afraid to ask things. You know, I, I host my own podcast. You, you uh, obviously host yours. I mean, how many people have you asked to be on the podcast and they've said no? Oh it's, yeah, oh yeah, several. Yeah, you know, and it, it, it happens. Like, but you moved on, right? And then you found other people who were going to be on the podcast. And so, uh, you, you know, at the end of the day, like, even if you meet somebody, you reach out to somebody, and they're not super open to it. There's a lot of other coaches out there who will be open to developing those connections. Uh, you, you know, so I would say develop those connections. Uh, and the other things I would recommend too would be make sure you have your CSCS. It's a lot higher, to, uh, a lot easier to hire you when you have your CSCS already. Um, also, I know for a fact I'll be happy if I have an intern with a CSCS because if I have to leave for something, they can run the uh, weight room exactly how I want it to be ran when I'm gone. Uh, you, you know, smaller things like that. Um, and then the only other thing I'd say too is it don't let, what people say is the negative stuff, uh, discourage you from doing it. Like, dude, there's some days I leave here and I'm like, okay, like, you know, I say, I, I still look at this construction worker over here. I could do that a hundred percent, you know, like maybe I'll just, maybe I'll just hang it up after this. And then there's other days where I leave here and I'm like, I can't imagine doing anything else in my life. There's highs, there's lows. Um, but at the end of the day, like if you are truly passionate about it, like it's not going to really matter to you. Um, uh, I've been yelled at for stuff from coaches where I'm like, I had absolutely nothing to do with this. You know, and all of a sudden I'm taking the blame for it. And then, you know, I've also been uh, complimented and built up. And and so everything has to be taken with a grain of salt. And when people say that strength and conditioning is like this awful profession where you don't get any money and you uh, never get to see your family. Yeah, there's long hours. But also in the month of May, I don't do a single thing like we talked about. You know, so uh, that's where I really get to hammer down and spend time with my fiance, spend time with the dogs, go see my family, things like that. You know, so don't let the negative stuff that people say kind of affect uh, your viewpoint on it, get some experience, go intern. Um, and then as you get more and more experience too, and you get more confident, it becomes easier and easier to be a strike coach. Yeah, absolutely. It's always kind of like a give and take, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. You're going to get, you're going to get out of it what you put into it. 
So if you are sitting there, you know, busting your ass, doing whatever you need to do, um, eventually good things will come. So Absolutely. I, I, I agree with you on that one. Uh, last thing I got for you is we're going to do conjugate coach spotlight. So right. um, is there a coach in the strength conditioning field that you want to highlight? Shout out. Oh, man, there's a million. Uh, I would say, okay, do you want a conjugate specific coach? Any, 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 okay. any person that influenced you. I'll give you two uh, good friends of mine. Uh, Scott Ramsey at uh, Texas Tech. Uh, he uses conjugate with his golfers and is extremely successful. And I just, I love the idea of conjugate with golfers, right? Because everybody's seen West Side versus the world, you know, uh, in, in all these uh, documentaries about Louis Simmons. And it's just so funny to me because. Uh, he's found a way to make it work with golfers because it, it's an applicable program. It's not some, It's not this like just powerlifting type deal. Um, and so I love seeing him use it with them. Um, and then another strength coach I'd like to highlight uh, would be Damian De Santiago at uh, Abilene Christian University. The Damian's the man. Uh, I love Damian, uh, and he is somebody who uh, has the positions he's had, um, and you know what the the resources they've provided him and what he's made out of those resources is incredible like to see what he can do with limited resources um and then now moving to better programs with more resources like he's an extremely successful coach and uh he's awesome to work with so th those would be the two i'd highlight the most awesome job coach well thank you again for being on man and taking the time i know you have a busy schedule at on a, a Tuesday morning, man, and uh, I really do appreciate you um, coming on, man, and you know delivering the heat, man. Hey, man, no, no worries at all. Thank you so much for having me on. I love, I love talking about it. I'm a talker, so I can do this all day. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, do you want to go ahead and shout out your podcast? Because I didn't know you had a podcast. Yeah, honest, sure. Yeah. Um, so I'm the host for the Samson Strength Coach Collective, um, and so that's uh, through Samson Equipment. Um, uh, it's a fun podcast. You know, we have, uh, a lot of coaches very similar to this setup too. Uh, you know, so a fun deal. Um, and if you want to look at my TikToks, it's strength coach Connor. It's simple. Awesome coach. Well, that's another episode of the conjugate chats. Uh, please follow us on TikTok and Twitter on our conjugate chat podcasts on those uh, social media platforms. Also follow Coach Connor Agnew on his TikTok. It's Strength Coach Connor, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, okay. sir. Awesome. Uh, in the name of strength, stay strong and have a day today.